Hey, welcome to episode 11 of Two Girls, Two Girls, a Guy, and a Tardis. Thank you. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Those of you that are regular listeners know that's Joanna, and I'm John. I'm Nicole. And we're all here. And uh, I guess let's just jump right into whatever 50th news we have. I read that, um, or whatever news we have in general, it doesn't have to be 50th. I read that the filming is wrapped. I think most people have read it by now. Uh-huh. Um it happened a wrapped lot over the weekend, right? Yeah, it wrapped. I think end of last week or over the weekend. A lot of it was filmed behind closed doors, so we really still don't know what may happen and may not happen. Which is probably a good thing. Yeah, I'm impressed with that. <laughs> I, I'm kind of excited. Yeah, I am a little bit, especially after I read the news that you put down. Yes, I was like, um, I just I found it randomly. I found it like on a tweet. I was connected to a tweet. I'm like. I'm gonna know more about this. Then I found out about John Hurt's dropping a heavy hint about the 50th anniversary special. And basically, he says he plays part of the doctor in kind of a trinity, and that includes David Tennant. Also, his costume during the filming, which appears to be a combination of the ninth doctor's leather jacket. And the eighth doctor's cravats and shirt, so that could be kind of cool. Um, Ingrid Oliver also has been photographed on location at the Tower of London wearing the fourth doctor's trailing scarf. Who's Ingrid Oliver? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm just reading it. I think the I saw a sounds, picture. The name sounds but familiar, and I can't place it. I, I didn't. I saw a picture of a woman wearing the. She seemed to be playing a oh, unit kind of. Maybe it's from the burlesque show, and that's you know because maybe the doctor <laughs> gets turned into a woman, like in, <laughs> like in Don't Blink. That's it. We saw a preview of the fiftieth. <laughs> Busty Busty Warren was writing it the whole time, and we didn't know. Wow, it's a front. Well, that's Stephen Moffat. <laughs> that'd be hilarious. Well, that's he all, tried that, out ideas. That's interesting. I mean, it really is. And there's right. so much other stuff that we just don't know that may have happened. Yes. Ingrid Oliver is a British actress and comedian. So that's what I know. <laughs> Thank you, Google. Also, in, in season finale or series, whatever, in finale news, <laughs> uh, allegedly I've read that on multiple sources that the doctor's name will not be spoken out loud to the audience, but the characters characters will learn it. <laughs> That is fine by me. I don't want to know it. No. 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 We all know it's John Smith. <laughs> no, it's gonna be it's gotta be something better than that. I know, I know, but I just don't want to know. <laughs> well, I, I mean, still just, say River had to learn it at some point, so he must tell River because she knew it. He's the doctor. He's a rock star. He doesn't need a name. Nope. <laughs> No, I, I don't I don't need to know it, but I figure eventually he had to tell River because she they seem to imply that she knew it. So that's true. Uh, let's see. Also, I read that um, there was an interview with Neil, Neil Gaiman, I think, in SFX magazine, where he talks about how he loves writing for Doctor Who. He'd love to do it, but he wouldn't want to be the showrunner because it's just too much like too much work for him with all the mm-hmm. other stuff he does. Uh, I saw the clips of the episode looks great, except for the two little dirtbag kids that are in it that we'll talk about when we get to the episode. Mm-hmm. But, uh... So... If, it looks like it's gonna be good. I mean, even I'm though... I'm excited. I've kind of not been watching anything about it, because I didn't want to... 
I was bored. I kind of wanted to be surprised on that one. Well, I, I, saw, wa- I saw it at the end of um, Crimson Horror. Yeah. I saw that part. I saw that much. Well, I the mean, rest that's all it, you really need yeah, to... Yeah, I've I mean, seen yeah. stuff online, and I'm like, no, I don't want to watch the it, clip yet. It's all mostly the same, same thing you saw. I mean, <clears throat> it, it seems like a great idea. I just... Oh, those kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, I guess, really, I don't think there, I have any other news. Nicole, would you like to talk about <laughs> the DePaul... Uh, University Doctor Who celebration? I learned that DePaul now has a class. This guy that organized it taught a class on Doctor Who. You should go back and take it. I'm like, they did not have that class when I went there. That's awesome. There was no Doctor Who class then. But, But yeah, he... I mean, it was really funny to listen to Robert Shearman there talking about his episode, and he was like... I mean, he was totally like... He did a live commentary over it, and well, that's cool. He, which episode was his? Dalek. Oh, one of the ones we talked about last week. But he would, and he would like criticize things, and he's like, "Well, we never really got that, and that didn't work out." And I'm like, "It, it was one of the best episodes of the season." <laughs> but he yeah. was very like, and supposedly he was working on an episode for the fifth season. You know, I, and it I, fell apart. Yeah, his. I, I got the impression it was fairly early on in the process that it didn't. But he didn't like writing for TV. Really? Which is probably why he's only done the one episode. Well, think about the time. Con- you have you only have a uh, you know you have forty five minutes to work with. Well, he likes the big finish audios more. He said he likes radio. You have more freedom. He liked stage play. You know, he like, but he didn't. It wasn't his favorite thing to do to do because t- he was like. His thing was that in television, since it's condensed, you have to tell people stuff. Yeah. And it's not like natural conversation. He was like, people have to say exactly what they're feeling, and no one does that. Like Doctor Who? But they have to say, like, I am upset at you because of this. Mm. And he was like, because you don't have time to, like, develop things. Yeah. Well, especially, like, I think that goes along with what you and I have always said is... The run times are so much shorter now that you really don't have that time. Mm-hmm. Like when you had four episodes that were, when you had one story that was four episodes of 25 minutes each, you mm-hmm. could do that. You know, now you really can't. But if he was right, and I thought that was really interesting, I was like, wow, he was really planning ahead when they weren't sure if they could get the rights to the Daleks and he was writing the story. That I guess, like Russell T. Davis said to him, like, okay, you know, if we don't get this, then it's going to be. Tocleophane, those little future kind things from season three. You mean the you mean the Time Lords? No, the the no, it was the human, it was the human, human race back. in the yeah. future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would have made one of those. That would have been horrible. And I'm like, that would have been very strange. It but also it, but shows it that it shows that like a well, it shows that Russell Davis was thinking ahead. Because he said he said to him, he said, "This is really like a season three idea." And wow. So he really? I mean, you wouldn't have just been like, "Do you make it a Cyberman?" <laughs> he a said, Zygon? I mean, something? I mean, just you know, some random other creature? He said supposedly that was... But he said some things that I was kind of going like, I'm not sure if that's actually the... Because according to him, it was like Russell T. Davis didn't have the whole bad wolf thing in place originally. According to him, it was like a last-minute addition. Like some Russell T. Davis said, "Well, people think this bad wolf on the TARDIS in Aliens of London means something, so 
let's everyone put it in their episode. How did it end up in the in Aliens of London in the first place? Then I don't. I was like, I'm not sure. See, if it's always it's always like a sleight of hand with the writers and stuff and the producers because it's well, not sleight of hand, but it's like Davis claims that he had all three years laid out. I think he may have had some idea where he wanted to go, but mm-hmm. I mean, he also claims that he had always intended on Eccleston changing the tenant at the end of the first season, but. Then there's people saying, well, no, Eccleston wanted to leave. You know, so who do you believe? It's like, it, he, the, it, him leaving had to be decided before they finished writing all the episodes. Mm-hmm. Because they had to tie them all together and then lead up to that point. You know, so yeah. there had to be some point when they knew. But, you know, you don't, you're never going to know the straight story on it. Well, then you hear David Tennant's story that, like, he was harassing Russell T. Davis to, like, give him a part in Doctor Who. And then suddenly he invites him over and is like, yeah, how do you yeah. feel about playing the Doctor? Yeah, I can believe that, though. When, like, that's none of Eccleston's episodes had aired yet. And- well, that's what I mean. I mean, that he had to know that mm-hmm. it, what, he wasn't going to stay. Either he knew he wasn't going to stay or he said, okay, we're going to do this and then we're going to do it. You know, give, I think in a way he may have known that he was going to switch the Doctor at the end just to give the audience the full taste of everything. If Robert Sherman is right, though, it was amazing that I was like... I could see why Eccleston didn't last. If he said he approached like every episode, like he had to find the meaning in it. So like, yeah, he he's saying, one of those. More his episode, inten- he's a very intense actor, supposedly. His episode, like with Dalek, it was he thought of it as like a Holocaust survivor confronting a Nazi. Which was which, and that was how I think he was supposed to be the Holocaust survivor confronting the Nazi Dalek. See, that could go either way because really, didn't he? Wasn't he the one that genocided the Daleks? Yeah. So I thought of that, hmm. but but then he had like what was really funny is I went really he found that like he was talking about I believe it was Aliens of London World War Three. Christopher Eccleston saw that as like uh, like talking about the Iraq War, and I was like I could see where maybe he would have trouble on Doctor Who because he's not gonna go like oh I'm in a scene with some farting aliens and yeah I, I mean, need to I he almost, wanted. I can't see him being as much fun on set as Smith and Tennant. No. Or McGann or McCoy no. or any either of the Bakers or David. Mm-hmm. Like, like when I met Peter Davison, you know, I have a, um, the anniversary magazine from like 10 years ago I picked up, and it's got him in it. He does the afterward. And he says how he thought he was too young, but he couldn't turn it down because it was such a good role. And, you know, he didn't want to be typecast, and that's why he only stayed three years. And he goes, and it's sad because my third year is when I finally figured out how I wanted to play it. Mm-hmm. But he enjoyed it. Like, Eccleston, like, I, I get I get chastised by UK fans all the time because I say he thinks he's a better actor than he really is. And they're like, well, that's because you're American. No, 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 no. I watch plenty of British TV and <laughs> plenty of British movies. I've seen him in other stuff. And he's good. He's not Sean Connery. He, he's <laughs> no. not Robert Redford. He's not, you know... He, he's good. He's not Sidney Poitier or something, you know. But he's a much more serious actor. You never see him doing a comedy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The thing is, but, oddly enough, he was in GI Joe playing Destro. Yeah. But I mean, he's he's such a more like you could tell he's more into his craft where he's gonna like what you said be very serious about it, and that's not. I, I don't think that's like you said a fit for the role necessarily for like the production I- team to deal with rather. I have a question. Um, like a lot of actors, 
do comedy. They do roles that they don't necessarily like. But a lot of them become beloved in their characters. Well, I don't know Mr. Brady. Yeah, but you know what? Think about it. He's a classically trained actor. Mr. Brady is a uh, classically trained actor. And you... Sure. But, I mean, look at, like, um, Leslie Nielsen. He He was a serious actor for, like, 30 years before he went to comedy. Yeah. I mean, some actors can make that transition. Some actors can switch what they do and be fine. Yes. I think Doctor Who was... I don't know if Eccleston was trying to do something different, if Eccleston was trying to get back on track. I don't I don't know. But it was definitely not something Eccleston... I mean, it was definitely out of what he do, normally does. Although he was in another sci-fi flick at one point. I can't think of it before that. I can't think of the name of it. Where he's talking about humanity and he calls them you lot. And I, it, they used <laughs> the, the clips in an orbital song. But I wish I could remember the name of it. But he... He definitely, if you look at his overall roles, even then, like, Gone in 60 Seconds, yeah. he, he's not, like, I could see him being, like, you know how you, like you said, you have big-name actors that are all, like, okay, I gotta get in the character, I gotta be the character, I gotta feel, you know, mm-hmm. and then they end up divorcing their wives, marrying their co-star, because they're both so into the character, <laughs> and they don't realize that it's not really them. I could see him being that intense about it, which I admire to a point, but I can understand why it would not work on... Like you said, you need you need to be motivated. Oh, I think of this as, you know, the Iraq War. You're farting aliens, dude, in rubber suits. It it's not a fit for it. Like I, because I Hartnell, could go. Hartnell was a, Hartnell was a serious actor. Yeah, and Troughton, I don't really know much about his what he what I know he did a lot of stage work. I know all the early ones did a lot of stage work. Yeah, and or radio. Prout, yeah, or a radio. radio. Yeah, a lot of radio, a lot of stage work. So, like I said, I, I like. Eccleston's doctor, I don't know if I could have liked it for three years. Well, some in some ways, it could have been probably good that he took it so seriously, because that meant he played everything, like, sure. absolutely straight, and... Yeah. Well, and like, it shows in, in some episodes. It shows in those good but, episodes. But that was, for me, a little bit... I'm like, really? You've got, like, farting aliens. But it shows... It, it's it, hard to turn that into a deep, profound... But it worked in episodes like Dalek. It worked yeah. in episodes like The Empty Child mm-hmm. and um, Doctor Dances. You know, it, it worked in the episodes that were more dramatic. Like mm-hmm. it's funny because really, Aliens in London probably should have been a dramatic episode, but the aliens were so horrible. Yeah, it, it was what, what I hated about that. And I'm surprised the show stayed on the air after those episodes mm-hmm. because, like, you see them running around in these big rubber suits that obviously look faker than hell. I mean, worse than the stuff they had in the 80s and 70s, half of, <laughs> half of it. But then all of a sudden, those show, remember they showed like the CGI claymation one that looked kind of cool, mm-hmm. but you knew wasn't the same thing. But yeah, but I mean, I that was I wasn't. I enjoyed I felt that like episode. I should say that I wasn't knocking Eccleston. I no, liked, no, I, I agree. liked his doctor, but I felt like I'm like I, I could see some, why he wouldn't last if that's yeah. what he needed in every episode. Because yeah. can you imagine him in uh, Curse of the Black Spot? Oh no! Or, you need someone. Fun. Or yeah, well, you need someone that's. Like, what would his motivation be? Okay, I feel like this is a Titanic sinking. He, he somehow found I, I, that amazed me that in the Aliens of London, World War Three, he somehow found a, like that it was about. I, I believe I could be wrong. No, no, no yeah, I but I, I think it was. I think that was the one he found was really True about the Iraq no, War. And I was like, I and you know, the writer wrote it, going what. Well, I got Robert Sherman. I thought had the impression like he thought it was a little like I don't know Off. if when he wrote his episode he was thinking 
this is I like a Holocaust it. survivor oh, and a yeah. Nazi. This is what I'm going for. I mean, he acted like he wrote it kind of like, okay, I'm trying to, I wrote the story, now I'm trying to adapt it to mm-hmm. the TV. And But I think he kind of played down, too, though, what he, because he never. Yeah, but a good writer, a good writer is somebody that's humble and talks to their audience. I hate writers that, like, think that they are the best thing in the world and, you know, don't talk to their fans and talk down to people. I mean, the, then you're overcompensating for something. I have a love-hate relationship with Eccleston. I love how he played the doctor. I just don't like his attitude about yeah. a lot of things. Like, if you think you're that goddamn good... Because you, people that tell me he's hugely popular in the UK... Really? Look up look up his stuff. <laughs> he's done a lot, but he's never... He's not like... What's the guy's name that was in 300 and he was in... Uh, the movie with Jennifer Aniston where he was a bounty hunter uh, and she was his ex-wife. Is that Gerard Butler? Gerard Butler. He, yeah. yeah. He's not Gerard Butler. He's not Clive um, Owen. He, he's, you know... Is that Benedict Cumberbatch? I mean... I don't know what his real... I mean, he was in a... I saw him... Actually, he was very good in it, too. I saw him in a, an episode of Agatha Christie's Hercule Poirot from about 95. And he played an... He played... Sadly, he played a douchebag army person <laughs> that was, like, accused of killing somebody or something. And Perot, you know, obviously knew he didn't do it. But but he, he is an excellent actor. But you could tell that he must be that kind of actor that he's got to get into that role. In science fiction, most of it is not going to work for you that way. You know? Mm-hmm. But, well, I do have to admit, he was... That was perhaps one of the reasons why I went back to the beginning. Because he was the only person playing the Doctor between him, Tennant, and Smith, that I knew who he was before he started playing. True. I didn't, know, I, who, I didn't know who David Tennant no. was. And then I realized he was in Harry Potter. Yeah. I, mean, but, I didn't but realize that But he didn't really have a time, big role in Harry Potter. No. He was... And I, I, I kind of remembered him because I remember... What was the show he was on? Oh, it was... Casanova, I think he was on. Yeah. And I remember that being on BBC. and So I kind of vaguely knew who he was, but I never watched it. And... So, but yeah, you know, I agree. I think I have, like I said, I have a love hate relationship with, because you know, okay, you hate the production team, you ha- you were at odds with them. I get all that. Don't don't be a dick to the fans. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No. It's like we didn't do it. We appreciate what you did. Don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I understand not wanting to come back. I, I can get all that. But you know, when you're interviewed about the show that you know all these people love and they loved you as a character, and then you badmouth the whole thing, it's like. It's it's petty and childish, and you're an adult, and you're you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't. Mur- you and don't then you go, and then you go and play Destro and GI Joe. I mean, really. <laughs> you don't burn your bridges. I mean, there could have been better roles for him after Doctor Who. I mean, like, or production companies. Hey, like he badmouths his show. Well, I don't think he get enough for our show because I don't trust him. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, just, you know. And you just since no one knows, because it's gonna come and haunt you or bite you in the butts. Yeah, but you know what? On the plus side, he really didn't. They wanted him back anyway. You know, I mean, and he's mellowed on it since, but he obviously didn't want to be in it. You yeah. Know? Well, yeah, that was the. I think that's what's the most annoying thing about Eccleston is you start going like, why does he have to be so like negative about? 
Like, I, and it's a totally different production team now. It's Everyone's different. different. Yeah, it, it's not. I could see where if it's he's the like same that people, electrician is the same. I don't want to be there. If it's the same people that you had problems with, oh, yeah. then yeah, if, I it, get if it. it was RTD, still, yeah, I can understand. You're sure, still upset, but I'm like, it has changed, maybe. But you know what? He he but, sat down with Moffat and he talked it out. Yeah, I mean, so he gave you know he assumingly he wasn't doing it just to do it. You know, mm-hmm. well but, he did mellow because I think. He mentioned how there were things that he wanted to do, to do with his doctor. Yeah, he couldn't a couple do years ago, he probably would have just been like, "No, not even considering it. Not gonna." Yeah, I, I don't want anything to do with it anymore. But which is funny, he wanted nothing to do with it, and they tried getting him. You have all these people that wanted. Well, I'd love to do it. Free my adjutant. I'd love to do it. <laughs> oh, sorry. Bye bye. <laughs> or yeah. you have Sylvester McCoy or the doctor Paul McGann. And I think a lot of I think like McCoy and a lot of those guys could have just been used as a different character as a quick cameo. I think that would have been fine, you know. And that's what even he said, you know. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Yeah, I think McGann really should have been in it. Though McGann looks pretty good still. He could pass. Yeah. You know. Well, I I still think McCoy McCoy could, could pull it off. With- and after seeing Davison in person, he's definitely older. But yeah, remember Davison's younger than McCoy is. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, a little bit of makeup. I mean, he could probably pass, too. I think the biggest part with McDavison is he's got a lot less hair. <laughs> did, I mention I, did I mention I met him and he was... Did I mention I met him and he was delightful? Yes, I he think was, you have. I, I took so many pictures of him when I was in line for another autograph. I'm like, wow, he was being so nice and delightful to everyone. He was. He was really... He was He was great. <laughs> but uh, what else... Tell. What else did they talk about there at the DePaul thing? Well, there were the... No, no, we've overanalyzed Christopher Eccleston and gave our actors theories when none of us act. <laughs> I've taken drama classes. And, and to be fair, Joanna has friends in the theater, so we have some cred. Have- we have some cred. <laughs> yes. I, I took a drama so class at DePaul, so... Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, they, well, they, the first part of the day was all, like, different panels that... I, the idea was supposed to be to promote, like, more scholarly papers on Doctor Who to bring it into academia so they were some of them weren't at scholarly like there was i don't know how that would work well they 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 do it though because i was sitting there like that is there was a panel on doctor who and philosophy and like one of the guys was i should know his name but he was a professor at depaul and his specialty was like ethics and he had this whole thing about like the ethics of the doctor and like how you'd look at it and i was like yeah you could take that and sure i mean that one was definitely probably the most scholarly of the panels that i saw because it was very like i mean there was one that i was listening and she probably had some very good points but she was reading from a paper she's like the moderator and she started out with this really kind of the moderator who turns out we know no, this was a different one. Oh, a different one. moderator. Okay. This was, I was for say, The moderator, which turns no. out you, we knew. This was the philosophy one. And she was like, she read from this paper, whereas everyone else just kind of talked. And she had like this really, really like deep quote from like, I think it was Heidegger at the beginning. So it's like profound philosophy thing about space and time. And, and she like read it. And afterwards I'm like, I need to have that quote like in front of me. It was like... <laughs> But I don't she, even know who that is. I, I had a philosophy class at DePaul, too, so I've read that. But but it was like, they were like, <laughs> but she like read that. She just like throws it out. She like reads it once. 
And then she, her whole paper is like referring to this quote, and I'm like listening to her going, I've forgotten the qu- I couldn't process the quote yet. I, yeah. I'm sure it was very good. I just, but it just, at that point, like she just threw it out there, and I'm like, maybe if I had a copy in front was of she, me. Was she a student or a professor? No, she was a professor oh. from somewhere else. All right, my question who was the mother that you knew? <laughs> well, it was actually it, it was, she was she was actually on my other podcast, and I had actually never I've never met her because when I was at Chicago with Hardest, she flew she came in from Madison, and her now husband came in from Edmonton, and the whole all the other podcasters were there, and they basically just stayed up partying, drinking, and playing games all night. <laughs> so she slept almost all day Saturday and didn't get out of the hotel room till like we were leaving. Um, it's uh, it's a woman named Erica who does the Verity podcast. Okay. And Nicole and her, whenever I did a Doctor Who pod, a Doctor Who episode of the other podcast, which I think there were two. You think there was one, but I'm pretty sure there were two. One. I know one for a fact, but they were both on it. And she's the one that when I was talking to her and I asked if she wanted the guest on our other one again before we had this one, she had said that you know she had just started Verity and she was kind of busy, so she didn't have the time to do it. And she said that I should do a Doctor Who one because Nicole's voice and opinion on Doctor Who is very, what did she say? Intelligence? Yeah, very, like, you know, and there's not a lot of women out there talking about it. And that's when I got the idea that I needed another female co-host, and that's when I found you. And so basically the whole thing, the whole idea came from her in a sense. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. in a sense. And now let Nicole pick up the story because I wasn't there, so. (laughs) Yeah, well, I, I, as I said yeah i went up to her and i i i told you earlier i was wor- i didn't know if she'd remember because i was like she's on a lot of podcasts it was a while ago yeah it was quite a while ago i'm like i don't even know if she's gonna remember but i went up to her and i started with the mysterious line like i was trying to create a mystery here i we've spoken but we've never met and i could see her looking like what does she and then i was like yeah we were both on john's podcast and then she was like oh yeah and I was like, okay, good. She does remember me. I'm not just... Because there were a lot of people there, though, that were fans of Verity. Yeah. That were going up to her like, you know, oh, I really enjoy your podcast. And that. so I was like, she's got a lot of people going up to her. Yeah, I'm yeah. just one of the random people. But she did remember me, so I was... Well, that's good. I was like, okay. And she remembered me, too, which is nice. Yes, she I haven't had, you. I haven't really talked to her much. I've, I've just been so busy with... With our podcast and the other two, and then I haven't even written anything on the website in like weeks, and because of you know real life things like work. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so she was moderating some of them. Yeah, she moder she moderated I think one panel, and then I think she was on another panel, but I didn't see it because they didn't have a any kind of break for lunch, and I was starving. <laughs> so I made it through the morning, and then I was like, I need food. So it was a now. whole day event. Yeah. And there were multiple panels and everything, huh? Multiple yeah, it was... Panels. Well, there was... I mean, like, in the main room, there was, like, maybe five panels, I think, where, you know, talking about different... Each one had a different topic, like gender, philosophy, mm-hmm. fandom. But then, while that was going on, but I didn't see any of those, There were they were also screening some episodes in another room. And then, eventually, wow. it all just shifted to it was the like other a, It was like a DePaul-only con. A very tiny one. Yeah, well, DePaul only, yeah. Yeah. They had alum only, alumni only. So that's cool. But, yeah, it was really funny because, yeah, then they shifted to the other, the room where they'd been screening and then all of Robert Sherman's stuff was there. 
I wonder how she ended up doing moderation there. <laughs> Who knows? Well, there were other people from the podcast invited there, too, from her podcast. So the Paul thing was interesting, then? Yes, it was. I'm waiting for Joanna just to break out laughing because of how I just did that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was interesting. So it how was... long did you stay for the whole thing? I mean, obviously you went for lunch, but I mean... Yeah. You stayed for the I, whole thing otherwise? Yeah, I was there pretty much from 9 till... When did it end? 6? 5-something, yeah. They had... Well, at the end, there was, like, people could, you know, get books signed, and Robert Shearman was signing, and all that, and he did a reading that I missed, because I was talking to Phil. Oh, Phil was there? Yeah. So Phil was there? Yep. I haven't talked to Phil in, a, like, in like, a week and a half. I just messaged him asking how his uh, apartment was, because his place was closed down for for flooding. <gasps> oh. Yeah, I think he was spent. I think he spent Friday night that week at... Um, in Palatine? Yeah, and then um, I think he spent the rest of the time at his mom's house. Or his parents' mm-hmm. house, rather. And then went back on Tuesday. I think they said he could go back on Tuesday or something. <laughs> Small world, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting now when we go places. It's like, oh, hey, how's it going? Like, it's C2E2. It's like, oh, hey, how you been? <laughs> so much nicer. Yeah. It makes it so much more fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely. Yeah, because we ran into Carol when we were there, and I didn't know she—I I didn't know she was working there. She was. I mean, I forgot yeah. to tell you. We walked right past her, and I'm like, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Stop!" <laughs> Joanna's like, "Yeah, wait, stop." We're, we're mm-hmm. like, "Wait, wait! We know her. We know you." <laughs> so it's a small world. But um, but back to what we're talking about. So you were talking. So you were you spent the the whole day there. Then that's good. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they did something like that. It's it's neat to see that you know it's gotten. It's it's achieved the status of every other sci-fi. I mean, it should in in worldwide in general. I think it was always up there with like your Star Wars and Star Trek and you know whatever else. But in America, it never really it had a big following, but it never was you know like it mm-hmm. is now. Like, and I still have people that are like in their forties going, well, you know, it was never more. It's not more popular than when Tom Baker was on it. I'm like, yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> I hate saying it, but it it first off, Sylvester McCoy and David Tennant both got voted most popular doctor and bumped Tom Baker off the list a couple times. <laughs> but yeah, it, I think it's definitely more popular now than, well, cause everyone has cable TV now, mm-hmm. you know, back then you had to watch it on PBS and you know, no one really or cares. You had cable. You had to buy the channel or buy the package with the channel. Oh, back in the no, we're talking no back back before that though. Like oh, back wow. in the old that you got to remember, you got to remember before like 1990, you didn't have cable the way it is now. You yeah, bought, no. you you had one price for cable, and you got charged extra for movie channels. Your basic pa- your basic price gave you all the channels. I think I don't think there was like yeah, you had two hundred was... channels or two. And back then there was like fifty channels. Yeah. And back then MTV played music. <laughs> so back in the old days, back when back when I back when I was your age, Shuddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. So back then, the only way to watch Doctor Who was on P- public broadcasting, was on PBS. Because back then, PBS ran British shows. It's definitely more popular, probably because it gets it's easier for it to get its reach now. You know, you can watch mm-hmm. it on Netflix, you can watch it on Amazon. You can, in fact, that's how I've been watching Series 7B. I just, I bought it on Amazon Prime for 13 bucks for the whole second half of the season in HD. Which isn't bad. 
I think mm-hmm. the whole I think both series together cost me like twenty six dollars, but they wouldn't they wouldn't include the Christmas special. I got to pay separate if I want that one. It's like. Mm-hmm. But speaking of series seven B, <laughs> so Crimson Horror. Yes. Let's uh, let's start with Nicole. I really liked it. Okay. I I I mean it is not at all a like an episode that you like take really seriously and it just was kind of like fun which was kind of nice from all the like more serious dramatic episodes we've had I kind of liked that it was a little more comedic and more of a romp I didn't mind that I mean there are plot I th- holes galore see, see I thought it was trying to be a serious episode and just didn't work see I thought he was going for that like campy the whole penny dreadful victorian trashy novel kind of thing well, I can and underst- that's yeah i can understand that but then i mean at that point if you're gonna go campy i mean go all out <laughs> have a monster made of candy or something <laughs> you know what Back i mean to the happiness patrol well yeah i mean something to that effect like i mean well good <laughs> see i'm trying not to interrupt i'm trying to you know I know. I'm trying to be better. <laughs> I want people to like me. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. I just thought it was fun. But I, I like the whole Vastra, Jenny. Agreed. I, I like Strax. I just wish they... I liked the whole exchange with, like, when he was talking to the horse and he's going to kill mm-hmm. the horse. But so much of Third Strax one this now, week. Yeah. <laughs> Fourth, I think. Doesn't he seem like? Don't, didn't they make him more a bumbling idiot? Yeah, but he. I I just wish that a little more of his humor wasn't just. I want a weapon. Let's arm them. Let's. I was like, I yeah, like it when they let him be a little more. He, you like it when they let different. him be more human, but he's not. Yes. I mean, that's but, how the Santarans are. They're a warrior race. I mean. There's only so many jokes you can make about him going, let's give them a, let's use a grenade, let's... Uh, yeah, but he's not in the show that often, to where I, it, it doesn't, I guess, to me, it doesn't get to be too much, because he's not in, like, every episode. If he was in every episode doing that, yeah, after, like, the third <laughs> one, I'd be like, okay, dude, seriously, that's enough. He didn't let you do it the last three times. <laughs> so what were moments that you liked? I liked, I loved the bizarre little flashback of the doctors when they made it look old-timey and kinetoscopy and they just fly through the events like okay this is what happened and this and they just show you the key events it's a cheap way of doing a two-part episode but it was but i love that they made it look all kinetoscopy from the time and Mm -hmm. like i thought that was kind of fun i'd agree it was it was neat it was a neat effect to do and i like that jenny finally got more of a role because she's always like the background person because Madame Vastra is just the dominant, the awesome the dominant one, and the, she's the like dominant the, awesome female in the relationship. Yeah, and then this time she got to go out and kick a little ass in that tribute to Diana Rigg. I figured where she in the little leather cat suit and wait, who's Diana fighting? Rigg? She her? was she was the uh, Mrs. Gillyflower, and she was on the Avengers. Oh, that's right. That's where I know her from. She was so in the old was, Avengers show. 
I thought that was meant to be a little tribute to her that Jenny's all of a sudden in her little leather cat suit. And- when Jenny di- took when Jenny took off what she was wearing and had that suit underneath, and then proceeded to kick the hell out of a couple people. Right then, I was like, she should be a companion on the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. I think everyone agrees with me, and that's fine. It's like I was talking to, I was like texting my friend, and he's like, "Yeah, I agree with you." I'm like, "Jenny needs to be a companion," and then yeah. I. Let me get the document, and I'm like, yes, John says that, too, about Jenny needing to be a companion, because she would be fantastic. I think she would have been great, but I, can you have her and Vastra on the TARDIS traveling together? No. That's the yeah, problem. I don't think so you would never be able to see Jenny as a companion because of that. Yes. I do, I do think a, a show with just her and Vastra and Strax would actually work out. Mm-hmm. I honestly, I honestly think that that would because I think that would be a show that would be more along the lines of like um, Sarah Jane's yeah. Adventures, maybe. That's so that, like the yeah. younger audience would really embrace it, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I liked that one, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, it's a little bit of kind of like an Avengers mm-hmm. reference that was. But I, I don't know. I just kind of like the whole campy, over the top, melodramatic thing he was going for i thought it worked just for it's not that it's not going to be like my favorite episode or i wouldn't say it was the greatest episode of all time but it just for me i just enjoyed it i mean there were plot holes in that one too nothing's explained i could i've come to almost accept that on a lot of episodes because they just don't have the time i just i don't think it's intentional i don't think it's bad writing i just think they just don't have the time you know, and they're not going to have the time. It's the way it is. Mm-hmm. I'm over it. I'm like, I don't care. I just want to enjoy it. Well, like, let me correct that. I wouldn't say I wouldn't agree with Joanna. I wouldn't say I'm over it completely. If it's mm-hmm. something that's blatantly obvious that you could have fixed, it shouldn't be there. Sure. Well, okay. I, like I'm, there's plot holes that occur yeah. in some of these where I'm like, really. Even I, I, I could have wrote better than that. I was way more willing to accept plot holes in this one because I sure. felt like you weren't supposed to take it that seriously. Well, I mean, ultimately, this episode has an alien, an alien, a lizard lady, and her her um, wife, girlfriend, mm-hmm. girlfriend or, or wife. wife, I believe. Yeah, li- living in Victorian England. Okay, uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff you you need to suspend this belief, obviously. And I could do that for this episode. Mm-hmm. And I, pre- I was prepared to do that. And I didn't really notice a whole lot of plot holes myself. I just... I don't know. I'll let you finish. I mean... Mm-hmm. No, I said, for me, like, the plot... I, I was, it was a bit absurd that suddenly she had this massive rocket that she's shooting off. I'm like, that's a little early. I know she was billed as a chemist and I really thought they engineer. Were just, I really thought she was just going to release it through the chimney. Not, like, have a rocket... Yeah. But yeah, the the rocket was, and I mean, you never learn anything about her. Like, like the minute they showed crazy? a rocket, I'm like, isn't this like a hundred years too early? <laughs> it's a little too early. But then she, I mean, you never oh, know you if learned she's she was crazy. Cra- you learned she was crazy, but you don't know if she was crazy like before Mister Sweet latched on. Did he? Did his venom? Oh, I like, think she was influence, or was she just crazy I, and found him? I think and she was just crazy. Fell in love with this little red leech. I think she was just crazy. I mean, and it shows when he was no longer with her, and she asked the daughter for forgiveness, and the daughter said no, and she said that's my girl or something like to that effect. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I think she was just crazy anyway. I thought they could have explained her background a little. It was just all of a sudden she was the crazy old, 
But I, again, was willing to go like, okay, I'm just going to go with it because for the episode, she's like very affectionate for this little red leech. I will I'm, say I did not see that coming. <laughs> no. I thought Mr. Sweet was going to be the great intelligence. Yeah. Or would it be neat to have had it be the master or something? So, in a way, the leech was almost a disappointment to me. <laughs> I was kind of cursed out by the leech. I thought it was almost done too cutesy looking. Yeah. Like, I it looked like a cute little cute. stuffed animal. I'm like, oh, the little guy's so cute. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was kind of cute. Kinda like, it was kind of creepy and, like, weird and cute at the same time. Yeah, Ugh. but a, it, it didn't make me hate it. He's a little bit like a tiny Slovene. In, in fact, it didn't make me hate the leech because it wasn't the leech's doing. It was her. Mm-hmm. Like, she realized that the venom was poisonous, so she decided she was going to do all these other things. Not based on... I don't think the leech really controlled her. They never really... It would be giving, it would be giving a leech from prehistoric times way too much credit. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. So I don't, I don't think the leech really was controlling her. I think, when she, I think she wanted to change the world, and all of a sudden she was presented with this opportunity. You know? Yes. And she, being evil, she took it. <laughs> Well, I love that. That was the line I loved, and I don't know why, when the doctor's going like, oh, you know what this could do in the wrong hands? And she goes, you know what these are? The, the wrong, wrong hands. hands. I was like... There were a lot of good one-liners in this episode, and I'll get to that when I give my little <laughs> spiel about but, it. Yeah, I will I, say that. Although, I said the one joke I could have done without, probably, was the bizarre the, GPS what? joke. <laughs> that See, was totally out of... I was like... I almost liked it. I, I liked it, it to an extent, and then but then they're like, "Oh, what's your name, Thomas Thomas?" I'm like, "Really?" <laughs> like I get the joke of go left, bear mm-hmm. right. I get that, and that was kind of funny. But Thomas Thomas, it was that it, one. that that made it a little too much. I thought it was mm-hmm. clever, but it was definitely a little too much. But I did. I know it was, and probably there's. I know there's people who probably were complaining because they don't like the humor. But I. I'd like From Strax. What I've read and heard, it did not. It seemed like it was well received. I liked Strax arguing with the horse. The one thing that I will say I really, really didn't like in the episode, but I almost consider that like separate from the episode, was that stupid ending. Horrible, and I will get to that. Oh. I, I will rant I, about I figured, that when I get to mine, because that made me almost want to not watch the rest of the season. I, I, I was. I was really, li- and then I'm like, really. It's, it's it, uh, it was going along so yeah, good so. without having any family, any other crap, and then all of a sudden. But when I get to my section, but we'll it's it. absurd, even from like a logical standpoint, like. Like their father's going to believe that she's a time traveler. But also, no. who took those pictures? Who took the picture of her in the submarine? Yeah. Did, like, Skaldak go, oh, wait, let me snap a snapshot here for a moment before I blow up the world? Like The only part who, of it that was interesting was they showed her the other her. Which I think was the but whole the fact point that she, of that. The fact but, that she got blackmailed by two kids who said, we'll tell her dad you're a time traveler. Are you effing kidding me? See, I almost said it. That pissed me off enough that I almost swore. Well, Are you effing kidding me? Because wouldn't, if, as a parent, wouldn't you just be like, nice Photoshop work? In fact, to be honest, those pictures looked like well, poor Photoshop work to me. And how did they even find them? <laughs> Why? Well, the one kid said he saw one in school, in and, a history book. But it was, but it was the submarine one. How was it in the history book? Yeah. What was that? Nobody would know that that was important. It wouldn't. 
be referenced as an important event. Four was, billion people on the planet. I'm pretty sure there's two people that kind of look like John and Louise Jameson. But, that, that was the worst part of that whole episode. And, oh. And, and you, you know, it's almost like I bet they did it just to tie in the amusement park in the Cybermen one. Well, also, because I think. Because why would you be going to an amusement park if you didn't have little kids with you? But I think they wanted to also show the, you know, Clara saw the picture of her. And I, I love that they're like, this is a picture of you from Victorian London. And she's like, I, I was in Victorian uh, right. Yorkshire. I'm like, well, they could have gotten it wrong. Yeah. How do you know it's from Victorian London? It didn't show a background of anything. It was you in a picture. But I, that oh, those pictures me. got me because I was like, no one could and now you're taking trav- them. But now you're traveling down that path that he's going to just willy nilly take her and two kids with no parental okay on an adventure. Really? Now we're back to this kind of crap. Oh my god, it pissed me off so much. I seriously, I I almost don't want to watch the Cyberman episode now because of it. <laughs> like, let's just shoehorn this in. Yeah, uh, I pissed me off because now you know they're going to be in the finale somehow. So for some reason. Although it seems, and that one girl was so that one though. girl was so smug, yeah. the way she was talking, I wanted to reach through the screen and beat the living crap out of her. But they could have done it in some other way than the ridiculous picture. They could have maybe videotaped the TARDIS disappearing. Yeah. They could have gone, hey, into you it. got into a blue box and, and it, it disappeared. disappeared. But no, no we had no. to find photos that. I, well, what, because everything's on the internet nowadays, so of course it's got to be the but internet. But what did they search for? Why? What were they searching for that they found these pictures? Why would you even have the inkling to search for any of that? Yeah. It's like they... And and it, it just... But what really got me is I'm looking at that picture on the submarine going, Really? Somebody like went, Hey, the world might end. Let's take a snapshot. In, to me, all those... To me, to me, looking at those pictures, knowing that those episodes existed, it looked like somebody photoshopped those photos. Yeah, well, and then Hyde, it's all four of them in the picture. So I'm like, did did Hilla go, hey, let me take a group shot before they go? Or and why would that picture be anywhere monsters? in a, Why would that picture be anywhere in a history book, anywhere on the internet? Why would that picture even ex- be anywhere in the open? And how, would they, and how would they know how to find it? Yeah. What are you going to do? Are going to just search for Clara? Because they didn't say Clara's last name anywhere in the episode. Do you notice how in this episode she was Clara and then Clara and then Clara and then Clara? <laughs> Apparently, Matt Smith is, Tom, is like Tom Baker now, just kind of phoning it in. <laughs> also, he mispronounced, the, in the Hyde, he mispronounced where the crystal was from. Yeah. Found that out listening mm-hmm. to another podcast. It didn't even dawn on me. I knew something wasn't quite right. Yeah, it's Metabilius, and he said Metabolus. Metabolus. Well, you know, maybe after the Galactic Reset. <laughs> All right. Well, so you liked it. Those are your thoughts on it. Me, Strax, I think, is always great. Yeah. I was full, I was all on for his. Let's just full frontal assault the place. <laughs> I would let's do just one time, just one time. I'd like to see it. I think we would have not I, have had the episode. I love when had, Je- I, I love when Jenny infiltrates and she hears the factory sounds and she opens the doors and it's all the big phonographs. Yeah, that like was that. very clever. Yeah. That was well done. I'm not a fan of episodes that were Doctor Light, and this seemed like it was going to be one of those. And I was like, oh, really? And then they find him, of course. Obviously, Jenny, you know, infiltrating it was better for the drama aspect of it. You know, was she going to get caught? Was she going to get found? Then mm-hmm. Strax just running in, blowing the sh- crap out of it. Yeah. Um, did you, no one caught the reference to Tegan? Yeah. What I was that. the reference? The Australian yeah. flight attendant that he was supposed to drop off at Heathrow. And then he said, oh. dear heart, Clara. Yeah. Like he always said, dear heart, Tegan. Yeah, that was Tegan. So that was cool. Oh. I was like, yeah, ah, I get it. 
Uh, again, the GPS gag to me was kind of funny. I could have did without his name being Thomas Thomas. <laughs> Overall, I thought it was cute. It was cutesy. Uh, the fight scene, like we said, was great. I mean, I think she could have took them all out on her own, mm-hmm. and she looked hot doing it. And that, you know, she, yeah. <laughs> uh, but she looked great, you know, and she did. She was very good. She it that actress's time to shine was in this episode, and she mm-hmm. did it. She did a brilliant job. Uh, did anybody else catch how when Strax came running in, firing at him and chasing him, didn't it kind of remind you of Han Solo running after the stormtroopers in Star Wars? He yeah, was like outnumbered and he just came that, running yeah. and shooting. <laughs> I thought that immediately. I'm like, oh, that's awesome, just like Han Solo. Uh, the one-liners I thought were great. I love when he when they were trying to stop the rocket and he goes, I have a sonic screwdriver, and Clara goes, I have a chair, and mm-hmm. just breaks the thing. You know, I, I, I'm like, he goes, chairs work. Chairs mm-hmm. are good. But he used a chair and then earlier. He used Earlier in the episode, he used the chair, didn't he, to break out Clara from the bell jar thing yes. she was under? But yeah, I, I just love her going, I have a chair. Yeah. I'm like, see, I like a lot of people. There's people that don't like Clara. I like Clara. I like her as a companion because she's like an average person. Then she does what an average person would do. If you needed to destroy something, <laughs> how would you do it? I would hit okay. it with something. So, yeah. you know, maybe it's just me. Um, I love the one-liner when she when uh, the old lady falls to her her doom or death or whatever, and Matt Smith goes, "Ooh, ouch!" <laughs> you know, I, it, it's so out of character for a Doctor Who episode. Recently, I thought that was great. Uh, I really thought the leech was going to be mis- was going to. I really thought Mister Sweet was going to be the great intelligence. I don't understand why mm-hmm. you brought him in in the first episode the way you did, and he's not in anything else. And it would have been a perfect time period because he existed then. Yeah. You know, it would have been right near the time they last met. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that they made the leech too cutesy, almost <laughs> to where you felt bad for it. And I love I, again another one line kind of thing when he goes, she goes, "What are you going to do with it?" Well, I'll probably take it back yeah. to the paleos, and then the blind li- the blind daughter just kills the thing. I, which I almost felt ba- I felt bad for it, but it was funny because the doctor's like, "Ooh," and on the other hand, <laughs> I too, yeah. So um, I would have liked to have seen maybe the master be the bad guy even in this one somehow, <laughs> you know. It's uh, so, uh, just something other than than the leech. Uh, the two little snot those brats, I want to smack. <laughs> I, I can't believe that it, it's it was so poorly shoehorned in and written. I, I, uh, well, I, and, uh, and they've disappeared. Like they they haven't it, it, been it, there it, for the whole. They season. were in like one episode. And, and yeah, know, they were in the beginning. You know what? And to be completely honest, I would love to see them get murdered by the Cybermen. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I would. Just zapped. Stink. Gone. Doctor Who wouldn't kill children. Well, they should in this <laughs> case because they're just annoying. What are they going to do? They're going to run around. Uh, it's just you know what? I have nothing against actors and actresses that play them. I have nothing against children. I have one of my mm-hmm. own. I just the way they put it in there was just so horribly done. It was just, and I, I'm so I'm getting so tired of this. Okay, we had our adventure. Can you drop me off at home, Doc? Thanks. I'll call you when I'm ready to go on another one. T- that they started with Rory and Amy. What happened to the good old days? <laughs> if I remember correctly, Sarah Jane never got dropped off at home till the end. Tegan, Tegan, and Leela, and I'd name, name a companion up until the new series. They were all on the TARDIS the whole time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'd get off and be left behind like Tegan, and then they'd come back for a few episodes, and then, you know. But it wasn't like, okay, we're done, I'm dropping you off at home. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what you do when you're dating somebody in high school. <laughs> <laughs> you 
It just it, it irritates me to this day that they do that. But, but even with Rose, I mean, he didn't necessarily drop her off, but they came home and she'd go talk to her mother. I mean, that was kind of the start of the big family. You know what? That's the problem is they're trying to they're trying to smash East Enders in with Doctor Who. It's like <laughs> leave the soap opera stuff out of it. Give me my science fiction. <laughs> and this episode kind of did that until the end. Uh, this episode overall, I thought it turned out better than I thought it was going to be. I mean, from the beginning, I thought it was slow. I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, really? I finally did watch the little Strax tie-in to show that he wasn't ever really dead. Mm-hmm. So that explains that, you know. Uh, I they do make him seem like he's a complete idiot, though, mm-hmm. and I don't get that at all. But eh, I don't know. I mean, overall, I. <laughs> I don't know. I, I six out of ten maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's not Cold War. It's no. not. To me, I enjoyed Journey better. To be honest, the ride of that I one. Didn't. I know you didn't. <laughs> this one, I there was a lot. Of, you know what it was? This one had a lot of neat things and did a lot of things right, but something doesn't sit right with me with it. There's maybe if I watch it again, I'll change my mind a little bit. It's not bad. It's not horrible. If you ask me would I put it on right now and watch it, I'd probably say no. It, most of the other ones from this Series 7B, I probably would. Like, personally, unlike some other podcasters I've listened to, I like Series 7 and 7B so far. Most of it. Mm-hmm. Or 7B for sure. 7A, eh. 7B I like most of. This one I liked. I, I wouldn't skip it if it was on TV, but I wouldn't go out of my way to put it on either. Mm-hmm. So... But so I mean, it's my view on it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I like I said earlier, I think Jenny should have been a companion. I think she would have made a great companion. But the problem is, we didn't know Jenny prior to to Vastra, and mm-hmm. I have a feeling Jenny was not the confident person we see now. I have a feeling she was maybe like a little mousy, kind of like a little timid, and mm-hmm. being with Vastra changed that. So to me, if there was a way to make her a companion now, I think it'd be great. I just don't think we, they could do it. I mean, she's mm-hmm. where she needs to be, is the problem. But I think her character... To me, her character in this episode really shined. I, I mm-hmm. think her character was great. I think it was written great. I think she did a, the actress did a great job. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like I said, still to me, there was just parts of it that I was kind of... Like I said, I'll give it a 6 out of 10. It's above mm-hmm. average. No, well, yeah, it's, no, it's above failing. It's about mm-hmm. average to me. It's not, not great. The kid thing at the end was just horrible. Yeah. Uh, so... Joanna, your turn. All right. It dragged me too slow at the beginning. Agreed. I think we all agree with that. It's like, oh, it's kind of annoyed I with liked it. I it. Nicole, Nicole, did, Nicole does not agree with that. You and I do. This is the second episode we've had now in a row where we've not all come to a consensus about an episode. Mm-hmm. Finally, no. finally, we're starting um, to have a little conflict. <laughs> Which is kind of nice. Um, the fainting guy, like, was it the investigator? Oh, no, no, he was too much. Every time he was looking for him, yeah, he was looking for his brother. He was looking for his brother. Yeah, uh, got, that got really annoying. You'd think after seeing a lizard lady, seeing seeing Strax would not, and he saw Strax before, just not in his tux. <laughs> or no, he was wearing his tux right when he answered the door. <laughs> I don't know. Strax answered. The Strax he... is the butler. He opens you the door. You would think and... he would have opened the door from the first time, yeah. but I don't think we saw that. So uh. maybe he didn't. Maybe Jenny did. Hmm. But I, I agree that that gag got a little old too. No, that got just way old. Like the first few times it was funny, but now and then it's like, oh, just stop it. 
Um, Man of Vastra, I love. Agre- yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, something about her. I mean, she's smart. And I agree with you about Jenny. Maybe she was more this, like, unsure of herself. She didn't have the confidence that she has now. Because confidence played a lot in what she did. Mm-hmm. And that's huge for people. And I mean, they imply she does it a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, cra- the crazy lady was crazy. I did not. I didn't see the leech lizard. What? Bimbabababar. <laughs> I didn't care for that one. Um, it seemed like just such a weird way to have that be the reason. <laughs> no. I mean, like, I don't think that was the reason. I think she just wanted to world domination. Yeah, I agree. But it was just seemed like to have like Mr. Sweet just be the leech was like. I don't think that was. So I don't think he would have been like all for that. Um, I no, I'd for probably the gal, the daughter. Who oh was yeah. Blind by the mother. Yeah, when she was mm-hmm. testing the venom or whatever. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That, that, see, right there it tells you that she was crazy. I mean, I, but that too came when Mr. Sweet was on the scene. But was he leached onto her already or not? See, we don't know. They There's don't a lot say. that they don't yeah. say. I think they, she was just. Cra- I think she was just cray cray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, the the employees reminded me, sort of like the rigid mannerisms of the monks from Tooth and Claw. Oh, I can see that. Just like the kind of like, just less talented. <laughs> yes. Actually, the way they walked up with like the bats or whatever, it just—I just, I just expected them. The supermodels. Yeah, I—I I just expected them to break out into song like "When You're a Jet, You're a Jet." You know, <laughs> it was like just so like it was so like campy, like old school musical style. Yeah. Like they're gonna start dancing. There's something missing. I don't know what it is, but something was missing in the episode. I—I agree, and I can't put my finger on it. I'm like, I'm trying to remember. I'm like. No, I mean, I think I figured out what it was. And it was the ending. It was a crappy ending that they had with the kids. I'm like, oh. I agree. It's a good tie-in, like a, like a tie-in episode with the kids. Just once. Not tacked on behind an episode. You know what? I wouldn't have put the kids in the Cyberman episode. And just once, for old time's sake, I would have liked to have seen the TARDIS go somewhere he did not want it to go again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it did, that with, it did that with Cold War. Well, Viva Las Vegas, he walks out and he's on a submarine. And technically he was aiming for 1893 London and ended up in 1893 Yorkshire, which they make a big point of. Yeah, I understand that. No, but, I, I, I agree with... I, Joanna, I agree with all your points personally. I know I mean, Nicole doesn't agree with quite all of them, but... <laughs> I, I didn't like that ending, but to me that was, was almost separate from the... Because the real story like ended, like and then that was I like mean, tacked on. And who the hell is afraid of like a twelve-year-old kid? <laughs> go ahead, yeah, go ahead, show them to your parents. Let's see what they say. Go ahead, <laughs> go ahead, show them to your dad. <laughs> that would have been yeah. a great, great episode. I don't know. It's, it's, and if it, even then, this way we would have had the choice to watch it or not. Maybe if the kids were, you know what? Maybe if the kids were likable. Like, they didn't portray them... They didn't make them likable. They portrayed them as little sneaky, arrogant, <laughs> like, pricks. Yeah, like little mm-hmm. brats. Yeah, they were kind of... 
And so smug about finding it out. Like, ooh, look what we did. You can find anything on the internet. And who the hell has a picture? Was the picture from 1970-whatever in color or black and white? Color. Okay, good. So let's just say they had color film back then. I didn't remember if they had it in Yeah, it was in color. Yeah, I did not. Well, yeah, those photos, I... I completely agree with all those points. It just... I think that did ruin it for me. (laughs) Something was lacking. I'm like, no. Yeah, it's not like it was bad. It just wasn't... You know what? It wasn't the Pyramids of Mars. (laughs) And that's my tie-in to say... Joanna finally watched Pyramid of Mars. <laughs> well, I, I mean, do we have anything else to really say about Crimson Horror? I mean, we we all kind of like it. You like it a little bit more than us. I don't think there's really anything else to discuss or say about it. So, what did you think of Pyramids of Mars? It was good. It was like right? kind of. I liked it. I'm like, I'm loving like all the episodes okay, they've been showing so far of all like the doctors. <laughs> oh yes, I love Sarah Jane Smith. She. Actually, it's probably one of the best companions, one of the top companions for me. I agree with that sometimes, because there's some, there's some episodes where her character's just got awful in. There's episodes where she, like, takes the lead, and she's badass and just awesome. And then there's episodes where she, like, takes two steps and twists her ankle. <laughs> and it's like, ah! I'm like, come on, really? Last episode, you were fighting Daleks. <laughs> like, that's a great episode with her, is um, Genesis of the Daleks. Mm-hmm. She's she's very good in that too, but she's what? very good in. The, I mean, overall, I'd say eighty percent of her episodes are great. You know, okay. she she is very good. I mean, she, I mean, like the fact, like she's one of the classic companions. Yeah, she's good. She's good in the robot from, actually too. From like back mm-hmm. in the like that like branch into the new who. She was she she's been voted most popular companion, and, yeah. and Elizabeth Sladen was a great person. I mean, she, she was very likable. It was really sad that she died. Mm-hmm. I mean, but her character was because her character was like a wholesome character too, though. Like she was like mm-hmm. the girl next door kind of like, you know. So she fit a lot of different personas that came together just, and she played the part just right. I mm-hmm. liked her. I mean, like, like I mean, like I said, out of she was she was on the show six years, I think. I don't know if it was, a, it was like five. Well, she was with Pertwee for one or two. One. She was with Perkby for one, and she was with Baker for three or four. She was there a long time. I don't remember if it was maybe four or five years, something like that. But either way, the longest running companion, I think, too. And but like I said, for that for that being that being said, I'd say a good eighty percent of her stories are pretty good that she's in. I mean I mean I I liked her. I mean I have like like I've had no problems with seeing any of with any questions of why they went this way like for something or because they're so well done oh, you're talking, about the, oh, you're talking about the old episodes develop yeah everything you, I see that's what we that's what we that's what me and Nicole always say is that they have that little bit of extra time mm-hmm. it, basically each episode would be a double episode of today's standards and you have yeah. your development of this, you have your development of that. There's usually some twist in it that you didn't that you supposedly wouldn't see coming. <laughs> but Pyramids of Mars was, you know, it's a good episode. I don't know if it, I don't know if I would have picked that one for the for Tom Baker and her. I mean, okay. I think they had other ones that were just as good. Mm-hmm. But it was it was it's a great episode. It's enjoyable to watch. You know, 
It's the same. I think the guy has the same mask as uh, in the Three Doctors. I think they just recycled mm-hmm. it, the same prop. But I, 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 I like I like that story. Yeah, go ahead. What would you would have shown if you were BBC America? Out of all the four Doctors we've seen so far, who? What would you pick for each episode that you know? For Pertwee, I might have used Inferno. But that's like. It's like Six it's episodes, like it's like so. three hours long though. I think they wanted four. Partners. Well, but she's yeah. But let's say I had ultimate decision and it didn't matter. <laughs> I'd say probably Inferno for him. Uh, I think they got it right for Hartnell. Uh, you know, Hartnell, I might have did the Daleks. To be honest, I think that was a great story. Which one did they end up using? Aztecs. Which isn't too bad. I like that one. It was. It's, a, it's not a bad episode. I mean, there were better ones. Dalek conve- the, the Dalek one where he leaves his granddaughter was good too. Um, as for Troughton, Tomb of the Cybermen, I think was the right choice. That's what they aired, right? If I'm correct. Yeah. That, that is a very, very good story. I mean, excellent acting. And while I don't think the you know what the Cybermen aren't scary, but the the voice back then was way creepier. <laughs> uh, for Pertwee, yeah, Inferno would have been the one I'd show. I think. Although, I mean, they showed uh, the first one with him, right? Spearhead from Spirit Space. From Space, which yeah. is also a good story. I mean, yeah, I love so that I, one. I think you, you can't really go wrong with that one. Tom Baker, I always have a soft spot for his first one, Robot. <laughs> because he, there's a lot of little one-liners he gives. Like when they say impenetrable, he goes, I never liked that word. And they go, why not? He goes, it sounds too much like unsinkable. And Harry goes, what's wrong with unsinkable? And he goes, what did the iceberg say to the Titanic? Glub, glub, <laughs> glub or something. And he sinks down in the... In the Jeep, because half the episode he's cruising around in the back of the Jeep, and he drives Bessie in it. <laughs> uh, that was a good Baker episode. I mean, the horror of horror of what is it, Fang Rock, Fang Rock was a yeah. was a really good episode too with him and Leela. Mm-hmm. I think the thing is they wanted to make sure to get Sarah Jane in. Yeah, I think because she's the most. Yeah, which you, which I agree with. I don't have a problem with them doing that. But because I mean, Sarah Jane is like the one that stands out more in my mind. I mean, there were some good episodes with him and Romano, one and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the one where, oh, what's the one where they, um, the guys make, going back in time and having Leonardo da Vinci make all the Mona Lisa's? Oh, yeah. In Paris? That's a great episode. Mm-hmm. They find out there's a time skip or something. It's him and Romano, too. Mm-hmm. That That's actually a really good episode, and I, for some reason I can't place the name of it right no. now. Who's up next? Peter Davison? Earthshock. Yeah. I don't know if I put no, like the... I don't know if I show Earthshock. Yeah, Fifth Doctor, Peter Davison. That's who's up okay. next. Earthshock's a good episode, but it's another Cyberman episode. I actually thought the Dalek episode with him was pretty good. I think when you get to Sylvester McCoy, it's gotta be Remembrance. I think Remembrance of the Daleks. First off, if you're not because I don't know if they're gonna show the T V movie, number one, but McGann. Number two, Remembrance ties back to the first episode. Yeah. It ties back to the Hartnell years and to that first episode, to the junkyard. And it's just Remembrance of the Daleks to me is such a good episode. And it makes a little bit of a statement against about social injustice in the UK even. Mm-hmm. Davison, though, let's see. The Dalek one with him was good. Earth Track's good. Time Flight was interesting, but I wouldn't use that one. Castro Valva's good, which is actually the first one with him. A lot of the first ones but were good. But that one doesn't really showcase him as much. No, it doesn't. It showcases unconscious the... Unconscious. Yeah. Um, 
I really I, a lot of the names I can't think of. What was the one Terror from the Deep? Yeah. The, the only problem the is the monster. Devils. The only problem is the sea devil looks so bad in it. But that's a good episode. Oh, I just watched one where they were destroying. Uh, wait, that might have been Tom Baker. They're stro- destroying oil rigs, and it was. Uh, oh, the Zygon episode. That's Tom Baker, right? Yeah. yeah. You know what? That's Tom not a bad episode. But the Zygons, really horrible bad guys. Okay, what were the? What's the name of it? Terror of the Zygons. Yep. Terror of the Zygons. It's not a bad episode. But Peter Davison, Earthshock's a good one. I mean, like I said, Time Flight's not too bad. Time Flight's actually Time Flight's actually got a nice little twist in it, because you don't realize who the bad guy is. Like, you think it's somebody, mm-hmm. and it's really not. Yeah. Colin Baker's episodes? Oh, God. <laughs> That's tough. All those trial at the time... Um, what's the one where he's got... Par- what's the one with him? I'm trying to write all this down. What's the Colin Baker one where he meets Mel? Oh, yeah. That's not... Oddly enough, that's not bad, even though Mel's in it, and a lot of people don't like Mel. I never really thought she... I thought she was a little annoying, but I didn't mm. think she was, like, horrible. And Colin Baker just got so... The Dalek episode with him was decent, with the assassin trying to kill Davros. That wasn't bad. What was that one called? Genesis? No. No, I, I get them all. Revelation. Was, I want to say Revelation. Destiny, something like that. Revelation of the Daleks. Revelation because, like, of the Daleks. All, I think it was. There, because there was remembrance. Revelation. No, you know what? You need for Peter Davison. You need the Dalek episode. You know why? Isn't it the one where we're on the space station that gets invaded, and Davros is a prisoner and he's in cryogenic suspension or something, and that's okay, when the Daleks. It? It's called. It's it's another R. I get that's why I get all because there's remembrance, there's revelation, and there's something else with an R. Hang on, give us one second. Because okay. that episode that episode is actually really good because that starts the beginning of the Daleks splitting in two factions. Mm-hmm. And oh, that to me was a bit because in remembrance that continues on yeah. and that's how they yeah. I cannot think of it's another R. I get them. I mean, ultimately, Remembrance was the better of all yeah. three of them. Oh, you know what? If I was going to go with an episode that had Colin Baker, maybe The Two Doctors, directed by Peter Moffat. Is that related to Stephen Moffat? No, I don't think so. Uh, Time Lash wasn't bad. The Mark of the Rat. I mean, Vengeance on Varos wasn't bad. He had a Cyberman one, too. Uh, it wasn't mm-hmm. too bad. Resurrection of the Daleks. That's the one. Yes. It's actually Peter Davison's third to last episode. It goes Resurrection, Planet of the Fire, and then Caves of Androsny. Androsny? Yeah. Which, that's not even a bad episode. That's yeah. Isn't that a Dalek episode? No. That's no. A, that's uh, a bad guy in that. So we have Resurrection of the Daleks, Remembrance of the Daleks, and Revelation. Well, it goes, it go, it goes Resurrection, Re- Remembrance... No, Revelation. Re- no, no, it goes Resurrection, Revelations, and then Remembrance. Because in Re- in, Re- in Resurrection, they're dying off. There's a disease killing them. They're going mad, and they start foaming and stuff, and they die. And they need to break mm-hmm. Davros out of prison to help save them. But he has his own agenda when he gets yeah. out. In that, in that one, they have humans helping them out. And Davros is like, my Daleks cannot have been defeated. He's like, well, guess what? <laughs> so... It's yeah. It goes resurrection, then revelation of the Daleks, which isn't too bad. But remembrance of the, remembrance of the Daleks with um. Actually, to be completely honest, that's the, that's the thing is when you get to Sylvester McCoy, it's hard to pick one for that thing. 
I say Remembrance because it ties it to the first one. Happiness Patrol was actually not bad. Paradise mm-hmm. Towers wasn't bad. Uh, Greatest Show in the Galaxy was okay. Silver Nemesis even wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you definitely want to watch... Um, There's a lot to watch. You would definitely want to watch uh, Remembrance of the Daleks. Though, but watch those three Dalek mm-hmm. ones. I'm going to try to watch it before we record next. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> On that note, we should probably call it quits for tonight because yes. we've uh, we got a great episode for our fans. Hopefully, mm-hmm. they enjoy it. Uh-huh. As usual, we want to thank you all for listening. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your family, mm-hmm. pets, aliens, whatever. And uh, <laughs> thanks for listening, and we'll join you next, or we'll see you next time after. Nightmare what is it called? And Nightmare and Silver. So thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>